Welcome to the Extreme Hardware Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Alex, and I am joined here with my wonderful guests. Um, this is Dr. Unicorn, Chris. Yeah, that's me. I'm a doctor. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, uh, we also have Simmons. Hi, I'm not a doctor. Mm, okay. And lastly, we have our fantastically suspicious Candyman, Sebastian, also known as Frick Frock. Greetings and salutations. Right. Okay. Also, Alex, uh, who made you the host? Uh... <laughs> I want to contest this decision. That was quick. Okay, I'm glad. Wow. Yeah, yeah I'm glad, I'm I'm glad, glad we're you... fighting this out of the gate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for bringing this up earlier. Uh... <laughs> Well, we're going to... I am the host. No one else wants you to be the host. No, Frick needs to be the host. (laughs) I want to be the host. No, Frick, you're going to be the host. It's a lot of work. Chris, no. So for our first topic of discussion, who is the host? (laughs) (laughs) First three episodes are just us arguing about who should be the host. Oh, my God. No. Okay, no. For the actual first uh, topic, if you have the Google Doc open. So, dual AMD Epic... Um, 7742's crush, absolutely crush, quad Xeon uh, 8180Ms in a leaked Geekbench score, which is interesting. It's not really leaked, it's just the home has a lot of server hardware, and uh, they just do this kind of thing because it's fun. Yes. So actually, how much do one of those AMD Epic CPUs cost? Uh, list price, I don't actually know how much that particular one is, but like the most expensive one, uh, list price is 7,000 bucks. Realistically, if you're a server vendor, you're getting it for a lot cheaper. Um, if you're getting a Xeon, you're getting that especially for a lot cheaper. Um, but it's it's really hard to get real information unless you actually work in that space because these aren't retail, really. Yeah, I looked it up on UEG. The highest price on UEG for a 7702 is about seven grand. And the cheapest oh, wow. one you can get, at least from the Epic. Well, one. yeah, but that's a retailer. Yeah. And yeah. well, UEG is hard enough. You can get an Epic Rome 7352 for 1500 on the low end. Yeah. Wait, which one? 7352? Uh, 24 core, 2.3 gigahertz. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Uh, that one is 7,800 officially. Yeah, according to the Tom's Hardware article, it's saying that Epic 7742 is MSRP at 6,950 uh, per CPU. Oh. oh, that's actually not bad. Like before discounts and everything, that's mm-hmm. cheap for a server-grade CPU. Yeah. So we're also probably seeing a lot of markup right now just due to the initial hype of, oh my gosh, this new CPU is is actually not garbage. Yeah, not like Naples. <laughs> Right. It'll be interesting to see how many people adopt this. I think Google was actually going towards adopting um, AMD CPUs, which is... Yeah, they've got a bunch of contracts in place. Uh, Twitter and Google and Microsoft have already rolled out Rome. Um, I'm not sure if there's any other names. But also, if you take a look at the um, uh, motherboards, like Gigabyte and uh, HP and uh, Supermicro all have a lot more boards, and they're all a lot nicer for Rome than they are for Naples, because... AMD proved that they could do it. So they didn't just get like bottom of the barrel trash like they did with the last Opterons. They got Amazon too. Amazon's losing a lot of ground to AMD with their server processing. That's interesting, actually. Just don't, like, I think Amazon was Intel for a long time and then Rome came along and just stole everything. Oh, yeah. Huh. Ferrari must be happy because they actually stuck with AMD through, well, you know, Phantom and Bulldozer. Well, what was wrong with Bulldozer? Yeah. yeah. Fun fact um, Ferrari got a special Opteron made for them. Was it? I don't remember what the details of it were, but it was. Um, was it only in Italian? Uh, no. I mean, it was just like a modified version of the standard, like 62 or 6300 series opterons it was just like your basic ass piece of crap bulldozer chip but um it was technically a custom skew i guess to fit into like some f1 um oh right but like compute yeah so when it booted it said like grazie ragazzi yeah (laughs) okay it's good to know did you see the thing where lisa sue was at the canadian grand prix and a reporter came up to her 
<laughs> and she she was like in the uh, you know with the the cars on the grid and stuff and Ferrari had pole Excuse position. me, ma'am. Do you speak English? <laughs> yeah, that was ooh. <laughs> oh, that was yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah, but did they know who she was? Uh, no, they didn't. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, uh, I'm here. You know, at the Grand Prix, uh, we sponsor this car, the Ferrari, next to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the CEO of a big company, mm-hmm. and we're sponsoring this. Yeah. <laughs> How would they publish that? What? It, it, it was, was live. It was live. Yeah, it was oh, TV. okay. It was Sky. I think it was Sky, actually. Yeah, they did live. So how old are these uh, Intel CPUs? The 2018, right? It's based off of Coffee Lake, I'm guessing. Although oh, they tend uh, to be... Skylake SP? Hang on, which one was it? It's the uh, 8180M. Yeah. Um, I think these started showing up in the wild back in 2015, but they only got like an official retail mainstream launch in 2017 because they were, God, it was weird. Skylake server chips started showing up in like top 500 records uh, way before they actually reached shelves (laughs) and mainstream markets. But like, yeah, Google had a bunch and Facebook had a bunch and they were putting up scores. So we knew a little bit about them. But I think it was like mid 2017 that these actually came out. According to the almighty Wikipedia, it is Skylake W. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, No, it's not. Skylake Skylake W is single socket Simmons. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's different. Yeah, you're right. It really doesn't matter. It's just a server Skylake core. Oh, and they actually have replaced it since then with the 8200, which is coming off of Cascade. Which right? is the exact same thing, except it has a couple new instructions and Meltdown doesn't affect it as hard. It boosts a little bit higher as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, more boost clock. That That's also good, but it's yes. the same CPU. Yes. It has a lot of cash. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. He's a big boy. How much of it is gamer cash? Game cash. Like a diminishing return on that kind of thing, right? I mean, can you just pile cash as much as possible and it's always going to give you gains? Uh, <laughs> not always. More cash usually means more latency. However, if you can avoid trips to, like, memory, then, yeah, more cash is Ooh, worth there you it. Go. That's why AMD has, like, half a gigabyte of cash in dual socket Rome now. We're using wow. gigabytes to measure cash. I can't believe that, honestly. <laughs> it's uh like 16, no, wait, dual socket. It's like 32 different chunks of cash, but you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, is L3 cash? Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yeah, it's cool. Okay. It's good. He's <clears throat> a big so, boy. Moving on, there's actually no. quite a lot of uh, AMD stuff. AMD's doing actually quite a lot. Yeah. In the past like few months, they've just decided to release everything Mm -hmm. and do everything at once so the news tends to be kind of around amd amd is actually readying readying larger seven nanometer navi 12 node or silicon to power the radeon rx 5800 series according to the headline that ends in a question mark (laughs) yes although komachi is a pretty cool guy so i'm gonna trust him on that okay (laughs) um (laughs) sure so, yeah, it's just rumors that they're basically developing Big Boy Navi, which a lot of people, you know, around on Reddit and other forums have been eagerly awaiting to see if this can compete with uh, NVIDIA's current RTX offerings. And um, some saying they do, yeah, some saying they do a will, some saying they won't. There's no real, no one knows. <laughs> Nothing's been leaked properly. Nothing's been revealed, yeah. but... I'm honestly in the boat right now that the I think the best that AMD can do with current just Navi is just going to be probably something up there with the RTX 2080. But that yeah also discounts the 2070 Super, that uh, the 2080 Super, which I hate those names, by the way. Oh, yeah, they should have just called it like the 2100 series. They could have gotten away with it, honestly. Yeah, I actually I'm kind of annoyed that the benchmark is always to match NVIDIA's graphics card. It's like, oh, this matches a 1080 Ti, this matches a 2080, 2080 Ti. You can't. I want to go back to when basically that wasn't matching. It was trying to like one up them. Point that it's matching the performance, but for a lower price. The thing is, often no. That's really all AMD can do, and they aren't even doing it for that much lower a price with a uh, Navi, because like what AMD did with a uh, Polaris. Um, I remember on launch day, I skimmed through like RX 480 reviews and was like, yeah, this is what I expected it to be. It's a GTX 970, but from AMD. 
AMD's on 14 nanometer, NVIDIA's on 28 nanometer, and AMD has a node advantage, and that's what they needed to match, like, performance and energy efficiency. Mm-hmm. Same deal with Navi versus Turing. They're, they've got a node advantage, 7 versus 12, and they can only match performance and energy efficiency at best, yeah. but they can't match flagship efficiency or uh, flagship performance. The energy, the energy efficiency is no, it's often worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it absolutely is. But uh, Yeah, but as of right now, with the NVIDIA higher-end offerings, it's just a matter of, let's see how much voltage we can pump into the these things from the factory and it doesn't matter because it's still the best yeah that's another thing amd needs to stop doing <laughs> like voltage voltage is bad you want that to be low so what just the amd cards in general are offering a much higher uh stock voltage yes yeah amd usually overvolts. that's just been the yeah but i was under the impression that with the 2080 super you were also getting a higher ttp from the factory as much as we love those tdp i mean tdp isn't voltage necessarily that would just be yeah, thermal right. headroom it's like, hey, we can boost longer and higher at a really nice low voltage because we've been properly. Isn't there some big mm-hmm. issue with how they were regulating and uh, like monitoring heat temperatures recently? Like uh, supposedly they've got like new sensors in place that don't track temperatures that they give off and like unlike anything else. Oh, there was a big scandal about how like Navi is reporting it's reaching 110 degrees Celsius except that's from like one sensor and one part of the core and software isn't necessarily interpreting it right from what i understand it might be i'm not entirely sure but regardless it's a semiconductor it's fine it is within specification that doesn't mean the entire friggin die is like over 100 degrees it just means a part of it is there's a little hot spot there like semiconductors can run really hot like mosfets are rated for 125 or 150 celsius it's it's fine they're absolutely fine. Fine, yeah they were taking the measurement from like the center of the die and meanwhile nvidia takes it from like the outer edges of the die so they changed it so amd used to always take it from the outer of the die that was their temperature measurement with navi they changed it to 64 sensors across the die they don't say and then they average it uh, mm. They don't. They don't say which or where the sensors are. Just that there's 64. I'm guessing it is literally from inner to outer, 64 of them in a grid pattern, and they average mm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's probably why as well. They're reading a bit higher because obviously edge temperatures are less than ideal, and they will be reading lower. Uh, Nvidia hasn't changed as far as I'm aware, and they're using an average of sensors across the okay. the die. Yeah. And ultimately, temperature doesn't matter as long as it's running within spec. Like, if it's not thermal throttling because it's overheating, it's fine. Like, we're, we're not looking at, like, the uh, the socket A Duron days or something where they would just cook themselves if you ran them without a heat sink. Like, it's it's fine. It's fine. Actually, do you know what? It's not ideal, but it's fine. Yeah, it might be the, it might be the 64 sensors for NVIDIA, and then AMD is just measuring the middle of the die, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But basically, they changed from outer, which was read cooler, to a different, more accurate measurement, which will read hotter. Right, and either way, it, it's just very silly to say, oh, man, NVIDIA is running so much cooler. Well, all it matters is, like, how much heat is it, sorry, how much, like, electricity is it sucking? or heat it's putting out but yeah yeah but it'll be like if this uses more electricity is a very good chance it's going to use i mean output more heat right well my point is more that like you can't compare these because they're so different it would be like uh, i'm trying to think of a car analogy but i can't think of a stupid car analogy it would be like see the ferrari is worse than the porsche because the porsche is really hot and there's like a thermometer on the engine and the Ferrari is really good because it, it runs cool. And there's like a thermometer in the AC vent. That was really bad. Yes. Yeah, that was very bad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the contribution. So I did have a question in regards to the AMD temperature. So because I remember there was speculation when uh, they started adding the more uh, more sensors mm-hmm. and they were reading higher temperatures that that was for a quicker fan ramp up from the motherboard perspective was that confirmed or denied uh by amd um or are you familiar with what i'm talking about at all oh i just work here 
<laughs> yeah, it was it was something like people were speculating that uh, you had the one uh, temperature probe that would uh, output a higher temperature value. So motherboards would uh, ramp up the fans quicker in a high load situation. Apparently, one of the one of the reasons that they adopted the system in the first place, I'm reading an article on Extreme Tech called Why 110 Degrees Temperatures Are Normal for AMD's 5700 series. One of the reasons they did it was because having a network of sensors all across the board allows them to uh, tune and boost each CPU individually, as opposed to having one blanket setting for everything. Is this talking about Ryzen? Uh, 5700 XT, yeah. Because you said CPU. Oh, do you mean CU? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so, I mean, so that's one of the reasons. And not to mention, one could easily argue that the temperature sensing from old might be sort of outdated, and because the technology is more advanced, it might have already always been that, but now we can more accurately measure it. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I highly, highly doubt that the entire die was uniformly however many degrees. Actually, if I remember correctly, um, AMD usually like fudges their temperature numbers. It's like the number that you're looking at isn't the true temperature. Like if you stick a thermometer in a, it's like magically stick a thermometer in the package or something, it's not going to read that same temperature. It's going to be something else because it doesn't really matter what the number is. It matters how the software interprets it and responds yeah. to things. Well, that's what they had that new uh, AV FS. Oh, okay. So it's some sort of adaptive voltage thing. All right. That makes sense. AVFS. That's what it's called. Hang on. Let me mm. see. It's called, yeah. Okay. So apparently one of the things they implemented was a system called AVFS, which stands for, oh, that, okay. Adaptive voltage and frequency. Yes, standard. that's what it is. A strategy that uses for rising to maximize performance of its GPUs. Okay. That's what they're using. Rather than calibrating voltages and frequency at the factory and pre-programming a series of defined voltage and frequency steps that all CPUs must achieve, AVFS dynamically measures and delivers the voltage required for each individual CPU to hit slider. Okay, that's what we were talking about before. Allows for finer grain power management across CPU, improving performance and power efficiency across targets. Oh, cool. Maybe so. It's like a GPU boost, but much better. Yeah, a lot more sophisticated. Yeah, okay, that's pretty neat, actually. I yeah. wonder why that hasn't actually come to CPUs yet. Uh, no. Have you looked into like Ryzen's boost algorithms? No, I just conveniently forgot that as I was <laughs> saying that. Because <Yeah. laughs> I haven't looked into. It. I just know that it's <laughs> really complex. Yeah, they do. No, but isn't it? What does it boost more, the colder it is, like GPUs? Yeah, it does. It, okay. there, it is temperature dependent. Um, Intel is also adding that on their newest chips, especially for mobile, uh, thermal mm. velocity boost. So if your laptop has non-garbage cooling, then you actually benefit from it. And if your laptop was made by Apple... Uh, or if your laptop was made by pretty much anyone these days. Oh, no, Apple. Oh, yeah, so like have you knows. seen what Apple is doing? It's like a joke. It's just... The, they kind of take the base clocks very literally. Actually, does it even boost in the... the no, the problem with the new MacBook Pro, the 8-core uh, the one, it doesn't even run at the base clock. It thermal oh. throttles <laughs> at stock. Wait, is that borderline misadvertisement? Yes, no, advertisement. Apple's just idiots. Intel sells a chip that can do a thing if it's cooled this much. Apple just hasn't cooled it this no, much. No, but they, they advertise it as an XYZ gigahertz MacBook Pro. Well, sure, because it can boost that much for five seconds. Oh, oh hang on. Yeah. Okay, so I, I just looked up what was going on with MacBooks recently. This story just got posted today. Apparently, uh, every airline in America banned certain MacBooks from being taken on flights. Because <laughs> of the Because of the battery. Yeah. yeah, they did a recall, apparently. Um, and yeah, it says here the FFA ban means cargo suppliers, all this stuff, because you're not allowed laptops on board. And it says any laptop that was manu uh, from MacBooks between September 2015 and February 2017, the battery in the effective laptop can overheat, potentially causing swelling and igniting. Uh, wow. Okay. So there we go. <laughs> Banned laptops from that era. If, you're, if you got one of those, don't go on a flight. <laughs> That must be a pain because they're going to see a MacBook and they look very similar between all the generations. Yeah, because you know they're not going to look up the mall numbers and take time to look it all up. No, they're just going to ban anything that looks like a MacBook. <laughs> it's that's yeah. just basically how it's going to happen, and it's going to be up to the customer. TSA is a bunch of idiots. God dang government, don't tread on. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to beat you. 
Chris, no. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it, it's going to go back to to it's the same stuff with like you know the the hoverboards just when they were banned on planes. Wait, people like, took them on planes. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, it, even no, 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 no. <laughs> No, no, no. The, they weren't banned on planes. They were like the shipment, the shipments from like say uh, China or wherever else they were manufactured. Um, U.S. carriers were refusing these pallets of the hoverboards for fear of the battery. Quality. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. wow. One of the problems with lipos is that they uh, they just turn into bombs if you look at them funny sometimes, mm -hmm. and that's bad. <laughs> So, I mean, I mean, it, I'm not really surprised with this kind of ban. I mean, I, I know with from the the hoverboard perspective, it was more of a soft ban. Uh, the airliners were just refusing the packages. OK, rather than a straight up ban. There were. But so I, I assume something like that is going to end up happening. And I think this is more pertinent to probably like large scale shipment rather than uh, people's actual personal Individual, laptops. Yeah. Because I I saw the there was that Galaxy Note was it the Note Seven that got banned? Yes, on airliners. I I did see people make a lot of like fuss about it and stuff, but I didn't really see any news afterwards. People being like, "Oh, just got my Note Seven confiscated at the airport." Like I didn't see much happen from that actually. Yeah. Well, yeah, because for first of all, the Note Seven wasn't as popular as a phone as many people made it out to be. I mean, sure, it, it is the flagship phone, but it, it was still a very expensive like, phone. Mm. Let's go to and Google. Once the the outburst of batteries, <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of people did just turn them, them in immediately. So, uh, okay, yeah, there was a certain group of people who held on to their phones. I was like, I acknowledge that I am taking this risk, hmm. but I but you had very few individuals who were absolute pieces of garbage and would actually like. No, this is my right to take my phone where I want to take it. You can't do that to me. Officer, uh, I'm not driving. I'm traveling. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I, I feel like the the target audience that would be making that kind of uproar was far and few between, especially if I cannot see any news stories, incidentally, about like any Galaxy Note 7s getting confiscated. I see articles that say, they could be confiscated and you could be criminally charged and nothing of it. So see, I know from experience going through, uh, flying through United, they actually made an announcement in the terminal stating there is this concern for this phone. If you have this phone, please talk to somebody at the desk so we can find a way to safely transport it to your destination. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, the issue with it was the, uh, the design and the battery, mm -hmm. uh, basically they're so lithium polymer packs they have like folded layers of lithium yes and for one of these it like shorted uh the cathode and the anode inside the battery with like certain physical damage to it or something i'm not sure the details but you there was just like a short circuit in the battery and it got really hot and then it went boom yes because that's how lipos work mm -hmm. there's a really fun, fun yeah there's a really fun topic i want to get to actually uh, I've just been eyeing this one for a little bit here. So I'm sure you've heard. Uh, Chris, you might quite enjoy this as well. Uh, AMD overtakes yeah, AMD overtakes NVIDIA in overall GPU shipments for the first time in five years. I'm going to punch someone in the goddamn mouth. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> I see you're quite <laughs> enthused. So uh, John Petty Research has actually released its quarter two GPU uh, market results. And... It's official, quote unquote. Uh, AMD has shipped more graphic units than NVIDIA for the first time in five years, thanks to AMD shipping almost 9.85% more GPUs than in Q1. And uh, by comparison, NVIDIA stayed pretty much the same during this period. And the market data, there's like a, a, bar, or a line graph included. And the data represents cumulative shipments of all types of desktop PC graphic units. And uh, I suppose that's the important part there. So, so okay. Um, let's see. Q2 2019, uh, the numbers work out to be AMD and NVIDIA are approximately neck and neck. Like, it's very close. But AMD is at 17%. NVIDIA is at 16%. That's units shipped that quarter. And Intel is at 67%. So 
why is Intel at 67%? Well, you see, it turns out that this graph is counting integrated graphics in addition to discrete graphics. Correct. I'm going to give you one guess as to which company AMD and NVIDIA makes CPUs that also include integrated graphics. <laughs> is it is it the company that also might have just recently launched a brand new line of CPUs that has become quite popular? Yeah, but those don't have IGPs. Let me guess, it's IBM. Uh, yeah, no. So the thing is, because this is counting integrated graphics, it's really... I don't want to say dishonest, like that's the wrong word. It, uh, misleading is yes. a better one. It's really misleading to say that AMD is shipping more graphics cards than um, than NVIDIA is because that's counting all of the APUs that they're selling as well. Because each APU that AMD sells is one GPU that has been shipped. Oh, it's not okay. like this... an add-in card, but it's still a GPU. That's how Intel has two-thirds of the graphics shipments in the entire market, because Intel sells, for the time being anyway, integrated graphics exclusively. They don't have anything discrete. Um, Out of interest, does this include the like OEM-provided Xbox and PlayStation? Uh, no, no console stuff. This is just like desktop and mobile PC markets. So, that's so like actual... Like, yeah, yeah, that's Radeon, that's... Okay. It's just Radeon, it's Quadro, it's GeForce, it's just all those brands. Mm -hmm. um, it's not going to include, like, the Switch or the X-Bone or something, because that's just... Yeah, that whatever. would be quite a yeah. bigger jump as well. Actually, I'm curious if that would include, uh, like, Tegra socks for um, NVIDIA. I don't think it would, and I don't think it matters, because nobody buys Tegra. <laughs> yeah, the same as the Shield. Yeah. Yeah, there's an interesting quote from the Tech Power Up article. Uh, one of the highlights, desktop graphics add-in boards... They use discrete GPUs decrease 16.62% from last quarter. So yeah. yeah, this is absolutely just APU uh, numbers. Yeah. Oh, discrete GPUs were down. Okay, there you go. And I bet, um, like, NVIDIA, obviously, I'm, I'm not going to say that NVIDIA isn't having issues. They obviously are. Like, Turing was expensive and nobody bought it. Um, everybody, God, Bitcoin just screwed things up. Bitcoin really screwed up. Are you going to blame Bitcoin year. again? Bitcoins for the people. Yes. <laughs> Yo, we need to blame our Lord and Savior Bitcoin for that. <laughs> Did you know that any news about Bitcoin is good news for Bitcoin? This is good for Bitcoin. <laughs> we are helping Bitcoin. It is all oh, us. No. <laughs> Not again. Um. Anyway, one of the metrics that I think is really interesting in the uh, the John Petty research article is that the attach rate of GPUs is down from 130% to 120%, which means the average PC has gone from having 1.3 GPUs to 1.2 GPUs. <laughs> Wait. And what's funny about this, you know, like SLI and Crossfire are dead. Those aren't really an OEM PCs anyway. However, it's counting stuff like NVIDIA Optimus, where you have like Intel HD graphics and a cheapo little yeah, like yeah. GeForce MX150 or something. Yes. Um, which I think is extremely funny. In fact, I think um, I think both AMD and NVIDIA have a couple of really low-end chipsets that don't even have display controllers on them. They've just got a few cores that get like, and the uh, video output gets routed through the PCI Express bus through the integrated graphics. Okay. Um, it's funny. I like it. They're very Wait. much top chips. Did you say the attachment rate for discrete graphics cards or just graphics cards? I mean, GPUs in general. So, but surely 1.2 would, like, I would have two because I have an Intel CPU and an NVIDIA graphics card. Would exactly. that not count as two then? So right. the average user has less than a discrete graphics card. Yes. Wow. I mean, dude, just look at how many Intel HD laptops I mean, are out there. OEMs do not care about graphics for the most part. Like... Apple cares about graphics. That's why Intel made Iris Pro. There's a long story behind that. Microsoft cares about graphics. That's why the Surface isn't crap. And um, the uh, 1050 Ti. I'm trying to think. No, that's really it. I think like Apple and Microsoft are about it as far as graphics no, no. go. Uh, Even if you obviously look at like Razer, Asus, MSI, Gigabyte, or their you know gaming ones like that. That Asus laptop, which like the keyboard folds down and it splays out and there's two jet fans in the <laughs> is that real? have you seen that <laughs> have you seen this transforming laptop oh, I need to show you this. Uh, i'm pretty sure i've seen a g post about it 
It's <laughs> does it have RGB too? Of, oh, of, of course. Oh, of course. wait. Speaking of uh, fold-out laptops, whatever happened to that triple-screen laptop that got stolen? No one knows. Yeah, did, 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 I, I really hope that they would turn up somewhere. I really hope that like somebody is just out there using this, writing their novel at Starbucks or something. <laughs> <laughs> they sit down at Starbucks and just. That was around the time when they just unfold their laptop. I don't think that would... First of all, that is absolutely something that I would do. I think I'm enough of a regular that I could, like, set up a mini desktop and uh, they yeah, would be okay with it. You know that would never happen because... the Because you again, I have social anxiety. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, that. Somebody that using the thing out in public. Because the moment somebody would go to, like, a Panera Bread or a Starbucks and they would pull out this monstrosity <laughs> of a laptop, it would be... Just another rec- like a modern day rendition of people bringing CRTs, <laughs> McDonald's. Somebody would snap a picture and it would get on social media, and they'd be yeah. like, "We found them." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like how unbelievably quickly that thing would break. Everybody was freaking out about the new uh, Samsung dual screen phone that came out, and how quickly that thing would break. Oh, yeah. How quickly do you think this would break? <laughs> Uh, well, the screen doesn't fold, so I'm sure it's better. Yeah, it's actual just, like, attached screens, just attached by flimsy hinges. This is a laptop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's you can oh, yeah. Leak some bolts yeah. They, I mean, they straight up said at the presentation that this is very fragile. Please do not touch it, but we'll let you play games on it. <laughs> Using, mm. like, an add-in keyboard and mouse. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, there must be a big market for these gaming laptops. Like, we've all seen oh, yeah. quite some crazy, wacky, you know, the one with, like, the, the actual built-in mechanical MX Brown keyboard. Dude, oh, I love I that thing. One of those. <laughs> the problem is I don't like brown switches, and I don't want to, like, solder a hundred cherry MX blues to the thing. It's okay, Chris. You're allowed to be wrong about your taste. No, but what I don't so know is... I'm going to punch you in the face. Please do. Who buys these? Like who um, honestly buys them? So, so the number I, one market is like college students. Yeah, a lot of parents who buy these uh, laptops for their kids to take to college to be educated. Are they like Chinese there's... exchange students? Why are they spending six grand on these? No, I mean like no, I saw no, 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 regular no, no. ass people with these like all yeah. four years. Um, my professor has one. He's got like an MSI gaming laptop. He doesn't play games. It just has good specs and a nice size screen. Mm-hmm. So I was going to say that's the next part, though. It's like uh, content creators, um, yeah. anybody who's doing any like sort of mobile uh, video production or just you know something on the side. Like you know, you you see all the stuff with like mm. uh, the YouTube channels going to the different trade shows and doing their editing on the go. This is a, one option, but I've seen it with people who do, are doing small uh, video projects or people who are doing like small scale rendering. Or stuff along those lines. As an I mean, more specifically, the really wacky, weird ones that Acer and Asus make, like the one with the MX Brown keyboards or the one with the foldable keyboard tray. Oh, yeah. I guarantee they only make like a thousand units of those things. Like, oh, a thousand units. Like, um, desktop I, replacements. I've seen um, apparently a lot of people in the military like those because they can take them with them when they get deployed. Yes. It's a lot easier to do that than, you know, a desktop. Um, but you actually get some nice gaming horsepower. Right, yes. So, like, okay. people who are traveling a lot but need a powerful desktop would have that. Would otherwise have a desk- powerful desktop, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it does make sense, I suppose, but... Like, there's a niche for it, and that's why I get irritated when people on PC Master Race say or build a PC, just say, oh man, you should just build a desktop. It's a lot cheaper. Shut up. I need mobility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's probably a reason why they went for a laptop in the first place. Yeah, and there is a big markup on this hardware too, right? So, so you oh, yeah. get to advertise it way above and beyond what you would be spending on the, the desktop price. Yeah. But then you pay a premium for small package. So yeah, that's why there's definitely the land. But I mean, you also get some. I mean, uh, it's the only time a small package is wanted. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we're leaving that in. <laughs> we're doing it live, boys. <laughs> oh goodness. So yeah, I just oh, I I gamed on a laptop before. I had a, a 2006 MacBook Pro oh, oh. Yeah, before they went to a unibody when there was still like all the individual aluminium panels, and they just 
plastic riveted together and they all bend. Did you play Nanothor? That was the best game on those lap on those maps. I, so I was so determined to play Crisis, right? And I had an eighty six hundred <laughs> M with hundred and twenty eight megs of VRAM and it mm-hmm. unsoldered itself twice. Mm-hmm. Luckily I got a free replacement laptop twice. But um yeah, <laughs> I, I played Crisis at about you know a hearty uh, 15 to 16 Ooh, fps a, a, lux- a luxurious 480 by 520 i'm no, sure no 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 no. i refuse to turn down ah. the graphics you see ah, it's crisis okay. you can't do it i i no. could play it at medium probably fine i think i had 256 meg bus but um yeah i could play it at medium fine at my lovely resolution of 1440 by 900 oh but uh no, no i had to run it at the highest settings possible <laughs> except for like anti-aliasing or something so yeah, that's why I played the entire campaign at 15 FPS. Alex, that you're an idiot. <laughs> the boss fight was really hard. She was even worse. No, the the Crisis Two was worse. That was like about two FPS. Oh, no. I, I I actually didn't finish that because the steady rate of PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know what? I tried to finish like the first level and I really couldn't because it just took so long. So I was. I kind of just even run it. Oh, wait, wait, two two FPS in Crisis Two. Yeah, Alex, you should have turned down tessellation because all that concrete is really hard to render. I <laughs> could, I couldn't even turn it on because it it didn't support it. Um, uh, I later did play Crisis Two. <laughs> yeah, I played Crisis Two my fifty eight seventy, and that was not that much better because although it did do tessellation, it was still only like it was it struggled. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it still used an HD 2000 Ooh. series tessellation unit. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that'd still be uh, TerraScale. Because what I I believe that they actually AMD demoed tessellation like in the HD 2000 series way early on, and it never got adoption until DirectX 11. And they were kind of like they didn't change much about the way they did it, so it was very slow. And then the 6000 and then the 7000 series obviously massively improved it. Did uh did Cayman actually do that, like sixty nine hundred series? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I didn't realize I had a tessellation. Yeah, it was the fifty eight seventy was the first like GPU with tessellation, and then the uh, four eighty came out, which I still love. I really want to buy a four eighty. I love the way the cooler looks. Like the dude, four eighty pulled up so much better than like anything from Kepler. I'm pretty sure that both Maxwell and Fermi are outperforming Kepler these days. <laughs> yeah, as someone who had a GTX 690, yeah. Unironically. So, my okay, this is going to sound really stupid, but one of my big reasons for buying a 690 was uh, I really liked the cooler. It's because you have a dual GPU fetish and you refuse to stop. <laughs> <laughs> like the box art did, did it have a sexy red-haired lady on it? Because my GPUs all did. No, no yeah. The, the 690 was the first card with that metal... Nvidia cooler that they just have on like every single card since. It was supposed to be made out of like magnesium and aluminium and be this like super premium option that only the Titan and the 690 are gonna have. (laughs) See, and then they just put it on every graphics card. That makes you feel betrayed. I was betrayed by the jacket man himself. (laughs) Honestly, though, like I wish that I had a reference 780 because. I've got like a, a PNY seven eighty, it's aftermarket and triple fan, and it's actually pretty good. But I want the reference seven eighty because I love the Betamax cooler so much. It's so good. It's a vapor chamber and it's a reference cooler, and that's good. No, Simmons, no, do not post a Titan. Let's, let's not forget about our our, no, our let's forget about the Titan. The Titan it was thousand dollars for two thousand dollars worth of Titan Black. <laughs> and it performed worse. And it performed worse. <laughs> yeah, that okay, was... but you'd get to be a founder, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> no, that wasn't yes. even the founder's edition. That was just look, guys, it's a dual GPU for content creation. Oh, it's it's garbage. Was that? No, that wasn't the last dual GPU. The um, the one from AMD was the last dual Radeon GPU. Pro Duo. Oh yeah, yeah, Pro Duo. yeah that Pro was Duo with the. Was I really yeah. want to get one of those, honestly, yeah. just for for having that kind of unique. It's hardware. such a tiny circuit board. It's like eight inches long because <laughs> I'm sorry, we're talking about inches and tiny. <laughs> it's like an eight inch circuit board because HBM is magic and there's no air cooling at all because it's well, 
all in one. Oh, actually, no. That's a much bigger circuit board than I remember. Wait, is HPM two is HPM two even relevant nowadays? Yes, it absolutely is. It's being used in everything high end. Wait, hang on. Yes. What? I thought HPM was in, the uh, suck. When did it become not the suck? Well, uh, HBM has never been the suck. It's just AMD is bad at implementing it. Okay. Uh, NVIDIA has like almost one terabyte per second in GV100 right now. Um, I think next gen four stack HBM cards can hit uh, like two terabytes per second memory bandwidth. Push out. But I'm HBM is for... fast enough to fill up my C drive in half a second. Hmm. I'm going to interrupt you for a second, Cynical, because no. you're omitting the fact that these high-end gpus that he's referring to are all in the server space oh yeah they're data center only like oh no right. no no i mean like vega 56 and vega 64 they crept the bed there like they they did not do a good job with hbm because they were like "Ooh, we're gonna save money and use two stacks yeah, and then the Chadion 7 comes out and actually has four stacks and then amd discontinues it after a month mm -hmm. it wasn't a month quite but it was i mean it was pretty short period of yeah. time incidentally it outperforms Navi, and they discontinued it. Um, <laughs> yes, Andrew, I said chatty on. <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit annoying that NVIDIA is not pushing um, HBM down into their consumer thing. I like don't see any purpose for it, though, because HBM is that much more expensive to produce. Yeah. And then from the, the standard consumer perspective, you're not really getting any real benefit. Like, well, I want more VRAM. That's well, fine. If you want more VRAM, then you got to go with, for the time being anyway, GDDR6. That goes up to uh, 48 gigabytes. Oh, okay, but just, just in general, and okay, I suppose in general, this is much more of a general complaint than just with HBM2. It's just more, I suppose, because HBM2 tends to work out to 16 gigs because, you know, four times four. Yeah. Um, but I really hope that the next RTX 3080, maybe... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, doesn't stick on 11 gigs for the the ti range and then 8 gigs for the non-ti like i suspect that they're going to double it again because traditionally 22 is a big jump though well yeah but traditionally nvidia doubles vram like every generation like um no but they went from 8 to 11 well that's not really a double no Didn't, no was it, they so... went from alex they went from uh they went from like two gigs on a 256 bus, 256 bit bus with Kepler, and then four with Maxwell, and then eight with Pascal. And they had three on a 384 bit bus with Kepler, and then six on Maxwell, and 12 oh, on Pascal. Yeah. So we would expect 24 on Turing, but we didn't see that. And because they redesigned some stuff in the back end, they can disable like one memory controller. And they can do 11 now, and they can double it next generation and do 22. And it's it's fine. It's great. Imagine all the Minecraft texture packs you can do with forty-eight. Oof. Yeah. Oh boy. Let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you about our Lord and Savior Minecraft in there. Let me tell you about our Lord and Savior Envy Link, which allows you to pool memory and also my five thousand dollar investment into two Titan RTXs, so I can have forty-eight gigabytes of ray trace Minecraft. Did you guys see that ray trace Minecraft demo? It is incredible. Oh, I love it so much. I legit want to upgrade to RTX for Minecraft. Oh, my yeah, God. Right. Oh, no, but you'd have I'm to on use... The spectrum. I want Minecraft. <laughs> wait, you'd wait, have that... to use um, the, the C-Shop. The ever C did release. was partnering with Mojang to get that out there. Because guess what? I, I guarantee you all the kids that play Minecraft now are going to go get an NVIDIA card. I'm a grown-up, and I want RTX. <laughs> exactly. For Minecraft. <laughs> If they can somehow implement it into the non C sharp one, like the non bedrock edition. Oh, the Java edition. Yeah, there's mm. no way that's going to happen because Java edition is just. Well, no, so it's the same people who made the Sonic Ethers Incredible Shaders, I believe, or one of the ray tracing packs. And hmm. we've run it before. It works. I mean, it chugs because obviously it's not hardware accelerated properly. Yeah. And it was fine for me. Yeah. Well, and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so so it does work. Like, it's just a matter of getting it to actually use the Turing cores in the Java thing, which is probably going to be a, a lot of work and a lot of overhead. But I think, like, you know, with PewDiePie doing Minecraft again and a lot of people blowing up about Minecraft again, they're all going to be using the Java version mm -hmm. pretty yeah. much. And no one's going to go as far to buy the Bedrock Edition, I think. You get it for free if you have the uh, Java Edition, as far as I know. See, I know no. for, like, old Java Edition owners, I... Do they not do that for like mm -hmm. new owners? 
I I I bought the game a long time ago and never got offered it. Bedrock, mm. that is. Mm-hmm. You have to like redeem it on the Windows Store with a Mojang login or something. Yeah, okay. I, I think if you already have the account, you're good to go. But yeah. okay, whatever. <laughs> I could see that then if you just need to log into the Windows Store and then you can download uh, Minecraft there and you get RTX. If it becomes a sort of like a status thing, you know how like fashion and trends can be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, honestly, honestly. Like, you know, with TikTok and oh, Snapchat Jesus, and stuff. No, no, no. I don't Minecraft, know about TikTok, listen, Alex, listen, I'm not listen, a teenage girl. Listen, Minecraft, Minecraft seeds are on TikTok. Minecraft seeds are on Snapchat, you know? Like, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not joking either. They are uh, making TikToks about the coolest Minecraft seeds. Like, you know, here's the seed name. You dig down, you get diamonds, and this is like a whole village. I need to get on TikTok it's, now. It's crazy, though, because <laughs> it's not just people like us or, you know, kids who are getting into gaming and stuff like that or people who watch YouTube videos. It's like a huge amount of just everyone is yeah. getting into Minecraft again, which is super cool. Uh, what yeah. made the resurgence all of a sudden? Because I know it wasn't PewDiePie. It was no. It was blowing up before PewDiePie. That's why he started playing it again. Because no, there was up. there was a huge resurgence of those lovely uh, Minecraft music videos uh, <laughs> that, that, were, that started uh, spinning up right before I think PewDiePie got into it. And I'm, my guess is PewDiePie probably was riding the the Minecraft meme train, and, oh, and he just accelerated it. Yeah, that's that's my theory. I don't know if there's any actual substantiating proof to confirm that, but, but I don't know. That makes the sense. Ghost just said that Minecraft is cool again. Yeah, yeah like even YouTubers like um, when they did the congratulations PewDiePie 100 million subs, they even featured like his Minecraft videos in there. Oh, of as course, well. people made hundred millions. People made congratulations videos for PewDiePie. What a bunch of friggin' bootlickers! I mean, freaking Electroboom made a congratulation uh, thing in one of his videos. Yeah, I mean, but it is, still it is quite. Uh, kind of. I it's mean, like, oh, oh, I want to get in. I want to get in on this milestone. Look, look at me, guys. Look, hey, hey, guys, hey, guys. PewDiePie did the thing. Algorithm, show my video. I'm gonna fight people on that. Well, you go just fight a goose. You'll you'll have better. I'll luck. shank one if you give me twenty bucks. No, stop. You... No, <laughs> no, no. Okay, Chris, this yeah, is really. No, okay, this is right up your alley. Have you seen the Reddit, um, the Reddit project for every time your dog barks, it sends you a text? Uh, I bet I could figure out how to set that up. There are see zero that? upvotes on this post. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> oh. 40% upvoted. Aw. I, I really just want to click on the GitHub link. And uh, look at the woof alert TM. Just look at the doggo. When the Ooh, dog barks, you're good. Oh, your best friend will be danger, even from afar. That's two words. No, like that. Yeah, that's exactly how I would do it. It's a bark collar. It detects when the doggo barks. And then it like sends a signal to uh, <laughs> like a wireless microcontroller. And I guess that like sends a message to... Um, Probably just an email relay. Yeah. I could set this up fairly easily, actually. No, I mean, I, I, I really appreciate the stock email that they have here. Subject, woof. I see something. <laughs> and because yeah. um, I figured out relatively recently, like more recently than I probably should have. But it turns out you can just send text messages through email. Like Sprint has a service. It's your phone number at messaging.sprintpcs.com. Have you ever tried send you an SMS? You ever tried to text message a landline phone? Uh, <laughs> yes. Other people try to text message our landline. You know what happens when you try to text message a landline phone? Yeah, it's scary. The robot reads it. <laughs> Imagine getting that like to like fucking one in the morning. You're like sound asleep. You you hear your phone ring. You pick it up. It's like hello, how are you? <laughs> Okay. That you actually, have, you have received a text message from phone number at bop, 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 bop. Hello, LMAO. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it feels like those, uh, those nuclear alerts you would hear on TV. 
when uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> like the, the North Korea has launched a nuclear attack towards the United States. Please say to oh my god, it's terrifying. <laughs> you remember when Hawaii had their uh the nuclear oh, yeah. I, I still think my favorite uh thing that came out of that video was I think Michael Reeves made a a robot as a response to it and it was basically a he modified a boppet yeah game to that if you did not or that you had to successfully complete the boppet game in order to trigger his fake nuclear or tsunami alarm or whatever it it was pretty absurd <laughs> also i really really appreciate that pornhub published this uh they had a 77 percent drop in traffic from hawaii during the course of the alert and then immediately after the alert, they had a 48% spike in traffic relative to their average. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was logging in all at once. No, everybody logged out when they thought they were going to die, but then they realized, oh, okay, it's fine. Got to go back to this. <laughs> Goodness. Have you, That's actually have you... kind of the opposite of what I would expect to occur in that kind of scenario. Well. Actually, hang on. No. Not gonna hang on. Pornhub dropped 15 minutes after the whoopsies. This was a false alarm. Yeah, it spiked. Okay. Yeah, no, it dropped when people thought they were gonna die. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> so, you guys have heard about the uh, Popeye sandwich, right? Oh, oh, here we go. Like, there's yeah. no ways you could not have heard about this illustrious sandwich. So, as a Canadian, it's a little bit confusing because they, I found out, they actually have offered sandwiches here for a while. That's a good dog. I like well, that. So I used to work at a Popeyes in high school, and we sold catfish po'boys on the on the regular. So okay. are those like sub sandwich types? Yeah, they were. Okay, no, the ones in Canada are also a little bit weird. It looks like it's on ciabatta bread. Oh, it's not actually like a burger bun. But yeah, these are the the burger buns that people are going crazy over. Uh, people are selling them on the secondhand market, if this is to be believed. Black market sandwiches. Yep, black market sandwiches. I mean, I know, like, I'm fairly sure people try to sell black market Chick-fil-A on Sunday, but... <laughs> the reason they started doing that was because every single Popeyes ran out. Yeah. yeah. That seems a very strange thing, because you would think it's just a piece of chicken, it's just buns, it's just oh my pickles God. and mayonnaise. It's just like graphics cards during Bitcoin. No, but how it's do you run out? Just to sell later. Okay, so so it comes to the quantity thing, right? Um, because it's a promotional thing, kind of similar to how Taco Bell handles uh, the the nacho fries. fries. Um, the each branch is usually limited to you can only get up to this much from the supplier. Mm -hmm. It's not a matter of we ran out of chicken. No, it's a matter of we ran out of these specific pre-cut patties. Oh, is it more like? Did you run out of the... I'm guessing this one is going to be mainly the buns. No, because it, because looking at the sandwich, um, the things that we would get regularly were the tenders, which are the elongated strips, which made tendies. great for chicken sandwiches. Okay. I like tendies. However, this was like a, what, a brioche bun or some crap like that? So... Pretty mm -hmm. fancy. Oh, oh. buttered brioche bun. Oh, contrary. <laughs> Yeah, I like tendies. But it, it was the same thing with like McDonald's and the Szechuan sauce thing. So it's like, yeah, they only had like three packets for a line of a hundred people. <laughs> I mean, oh goodness, people oh, God, are going I to freak out to that. freak out on the internet. <laughs> I yeah. want to forget that that happened. Because I mean, naturally, I wanted to go and see if I could get one on the uh, when it started blowing up with uh, review bra the lord and savior and um yeah no i was actually kind of upset like even though we're really like i'm really close to the u.s like honestly it's an hour's drive um they they don't offer the same things here uh, and it's the same with when like uh, taco bell does a special or wendy's mm -hmm. and stuff i never got it a couple things happened so, one uh they're selling the sandwich there's people selling the sandwiches for a thousand dollars okay that, what <laughs> that's crazy okay but an ebay listing does not mean a confirmed sale no no and have, there's have, more. have you seen the there's more have you seen the rappers not only is, hey. is he selling it for a thousand dollars but 
he the way that he's able to do it is all about marketing segments it's all about marketing because uh in in his words i guess uh he says i'm in possession of the last popeye spicy chicken sandwich in existence oh. <laughs> and if you're oh, wait. Or like myself you will realize what a great deal it is for the prices listed no low ballers <laughs> or trades act now guaranteed to move fast no low balls i know what i've got, I know what I got. <laughs> wait is it is this Quavo? No, it's a different guy. Oh, because Quavo is also selling them for a thousand each. He's saying, I heard y'all boys were looking for them. They sold out everywhere. He said in an Instagram post. Um, he, and he opens like the trunk of his Escalade and he says, I got them thangs for a thousand dollars a chicken. He's a businessman. And I guarantee you they got sold. I guarantee you they got sold. What if? Yeah. Popeye's chicken sandwich bathwater. Oh no! Oh no! Did you see people? So, no, someone no, 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 drank no. it. No, someone bought someone bought Belle Delphine's Belle, Belle, uh, bath water and drank it like on stream. Uh, and, she, yeah. and she saw it and sent him some more. <laughs> I didn't want to bring that up on this show. <laughs> Too bad. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. No, but seriously, could you imagine you just get like an oversized tea bag, you put the chicken sandwich <laughs> in it, and you just drop it in the bath water, and it's like making tea. The chicken sandwich just like... Oh, no. Why would you do that? You could just buy blocks of the Popeye's lard, and you could just sell that. Shut up, Simmons. That's not funny. <laughs> I, okay, fair point. <laughs> but, no, but wait, what do you mean it's not funny to just send your best friend a block of lard? I mean, it'd probably melt in the mail. That's the funny part. No, that's <laughs> really kind of gross. I mean, you can put it in like a bunch of Ziploc bags. No, you do. Re uh, so, so when we got these uh, shipments of the of the the lard blocks, they were wrapped in plastic, so oh, they yeah. would not drip in shipment. Hmm. <laughs> oh, dude, is it like how uh, Canadians have milk where it comes in those plastic bags? <laughs> it's like a plastic bag. So yeah, you can buy them in bags or can like plastic cartons or like cardboard cartons yeah alex which one do you use all of them <laughs> what at the same time <laughs> yes so, so a guy actually what? sued popeyes for not having the chicken That's yeah i saw that that works frick stop that demand compensation that. for his for his pain and suffering who are you to deny frick, this is something you would do but stop that no it, it, in <laughs> pain and suffering a man sued Popeyes for running out of chicken. He, in his exact words, I can't get happy. So when uh, when are we going to have a Popeyes burger on the Frick Frock Naughty Corner? Oh, <laughs> I can't really get one now. Wait, sorry. <laughs> the Frick Frock Candy Corner. Ah, yeah. Hey. Oh. Word for it. <laughs> oh my gosh, hang on. Here's the rest of, of the guy who's suing Popeye's statement. Here, I can't get happy. I have this sandwich on my mind. I can't think straight. It just consumes you. <laughs> no, you're consuming the sandwich. Okay, speaking, speaking of consumption, and this is a great segue, have you guys been consuming enough nuts? Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, you know what, buddy? I love nuts. <laughs> Okay, Chris, I know you're a nut lover, but yeah, frick, almonds are good. Frick, they have are you been eating enough nuts? I'm trying. I'm trying. So, uh, apparently, men's sexual health may benefit from increased daily nut consumption. Nut. Yeah. <laughs> this, no, uh, I mean, if you think about it, there's a lot of testosterone in there, and you can't let it go to waste. Oh, wait, that's the other cotton. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah. No, we're not this is about by that. the olive oil times. How appropriate for olive oil is controlled by the mafia. <laughs> Second of all, mm -hmm. uh, no, just just go on. We're, we're talking nuts now. But yeah, mafia. Yes. So people, uh, or men rather, participated in a recent 14-week clinical trial that they added two extra handfuls of nuts to their daily diet. And uh, they had improved sexual function. So this was done with 38 healthy males between 38 and 35. And they had a Western-style diet with extra nut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're a grown adults here. All yes. right. So 43 I, I, and 40. Okay, here's my, here's my question, though. 
so for the, for the metric of increased sexual uh, function, but function. Yes. Thank you. How are they measuring this? Uh, like, how are they doing questionnaires and biomarkers and blood samples? Sippy cups. Oh, sippy cups. Okay, thank you. I think my favorite bit is there's a quote in the middle of the article that just says, including nuts in a regular diet significantly improved auto-reported orgasmic function and sexual <laughs> desire. And But the quote is by researchers. Like, they don't give a name. They just say researchers. researchers. Yeah, I wouldn't want yeah. my name attached to this either. <laughs> but Wait, where's that quote? Hang auto, on. Auto-reported. It's not self-reported. It's not reported. Yeah. They automatically reporting this. No, oh, so, so they're chipped. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, they have like subdermal implants in the peanut. <laughs> oh, that sounds really painful. I, mm, I don't like that idea. Actually, speaking of microchips. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, um, I'm looking at this other article that we've got here. Microchips implanted in obese people's brains to electroshock them when they think about food. Like nuts. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> so these these can't really go together, these surveys. That's unfortunate. Yeah. So basically, is this just like a one of those electroshock collars that, you know, messed well, up people I, give I'm, dogs? I'm really confused about this because as far as I can tell, uh, the technology for detecting specific thoughts isn't really there yet. So I can ima only imagine the number of false positives that you would get from a system like this. Yeah, like, like, so it was, the tech was originally used for like people who have epilepsy and stuff to prevent seizures. Yeah, but that's that's. Oh yeah, you can also get um. Oh shoot, what is it? Uh, if you have essential tremors, you can get an implant that will like. I don't know exactly how it works. You'd have to ask Navjack because his dad got one. Mm. Um, it's really cool. Like it just cancels out the signals, basically. Right. You well, stop having tremors. I imagine that with that kind of stuff, there's like specific things that they can detect for in the brain. But what I'm specifically referring to here is thought. Oh, yeah. Is thoughts. Uh, well, food is a primal instinct. So that'd be in the brainstem. So whenever the brainstem does anything, I guess you just get zapped. Okay. But there's a difference between your body's natural reaction to needing food and you, you, I guess, daydreaming about food, right? So my, in my, my perception of whenever you eat. No, I'm I'm actually wondering if if it's more of a they're associating pleasure with thoughts of food. So if mm. you have anything enjoyable or positive stimuli just from free thinking thought, then you would potentially <laughs> trigger this shock. Kinky. So, <laughs> no. Uh, okay, fine. I guess if you're <laughs> but you know what I this, know. It. Isn't there also like an endocratic reaction that is signaled by your stomach to say eat? And doesn't that take a long time? Consume. That, that's what I'm saying, though, right? That is different from your body saying that you need to eat versus somebody daydreaming about food. Yeah. Okay. Because I think if it was your body saying you need to eat, it would be delayed. Well, as far as I'm aware. There true. must be certain parts of your brain that only light up when thinking about food. There have to be. It's an essential part of survival. No, but what happens if those same parts of the brain also light up, maybe not as much, but they also are active when thinking about other things. Like Simmons is saying, it's, it's associated with like, you know, a pleasure, a pleasure region in your brain, which can also. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Let's let's see. What things can we think of that would light up the pleasure region, mm. Alex? Well, I mean, no, but is it related but, to this nut study? I just keep thinking of like, <laughs> I mean, I keep thinking of Hagen Dazs ice cream. I don't know if that's a coincidence. Oh, <laughs> oh man, why, frick? <laughs> see, I'm pleasurable. See, I've got, I've, we, I've got dinner uh, waiting for, for me after I get finished with this. It, it better be a Popeye sandwich with some Hagen Dazs yeah, ice cream. There's most of a cake oh. upstairs. Oh. Wait, did you make a whole? Did you make one and a half cakes like me? No, we've just okay. already cut into What the it. half cakes? Yeah, I made I made one point seven five cakes, and then I sacrificed about point two five of a cake to a meme. And uh... <laughs> Alex, you're an idiot. Look, <laughs> look. So I bought the cake because it was one dollar for like a big cake mix. You for, bought like, the one... cake? Cake mix. I bought oh, one dollar of cake mix. It was you, Chris. It was it was usually five dollars. And... No, cake mix is bad, Chris. So I was very, like, I'm not prepared to make a cake from scratch. Look, I, when I had this cake mix, 
I didn't have a, like a bowl to mix it in. I didn't have anything to mix it with. I didn't have anything to measure it with. And, and I did didn't have anything to cook it in. Wow, you are a sad, sad man. Yes, but I managed it in the end. And I guessed how long it was supposed to be in the oven for. And it worked out really well. It's just white cake is very boring. I don't have anything to put on it. So now I just have cake in my fridge and I don't really want to eat it. Well, go buy a can of frosting and frost the cake. And then once you're done frosting the cake, just pig out on the icing. No, this is easy. Go oh. get yourself a tub of Haagen-Dazs and then and mix up, oh, like, crumble no. up the cake and mix it in with the Haagen-Dazs. I and can't icing. crumble it up because it's got have the icing. Yeah, the cake's quite moist. Like, it's very moist. Okay, fine. Then moist. Chunk it up or put it in a food processor. I don't know. Improvise. Moist. I don't tell you how to use your life. I mean, do you want to know the, the worst way in which I've ground up some chocolate bits before? I used uh, my teeth. With your mouth? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was nasty, but I didn't Why? care because I was eating. Because I'm eating it. No one has to see that. No one had to know until I told everyone. Yeah, but you told us anyway. You thought yes. we wanted to hear this, and we didn't. So, Alex. Yeah, yeah here we are. <laughs> Chris. Yeah, are that's we going to do the pumpkin spice latte gang tomorrow? Uh, I had one today. I don't know. Do I want? What do I want tomorrow? You want a pumpkin spice latte, obviously. Well, I mean, I could get that, or I could get a peppermint hot chocolate, which is just—it's just nice. It, it's it's nice. comforting. It really is. You need to get it in one of their ceramic mugs as well. <sighs> no. And then no just ceramic. Okay. No. So, I think before we devolve into just rambling about nonsense. Ah! Uh, <laughs> That's what we haven't been doing. <laughs> definitely not. Uh, I think it's time to wrap it up, really. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, thank you for listening to the Extreme Hardware Podcast. It's been fun. <laughs> yeah, that's us. We're the Extreme Hardware Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Chris. <laughs> You've made it a million times better. <laughs> this is the best, the best outro. I was going to say before we close up, did he say extreme hot pants? Is that what I heard? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's, that's something entirely different. That, okay, that project never got off the. You know, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that with that amazing outro, uh, thank you and goodbye. <laughs>